This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. I was working out at the Y with a trainer, and my trainer's name was, was Jody, and she was really a, a good trainer. But she found out that I wasn't so much of a good student of her training because she constantly was saying to me, you've got to focus, you've got to learn to focus. And she would try to have me to stand on one foot and she would say, you've got to focus. You know, in life, we have to learn to do that, don't we? And, and so today what I want to talk about is getting our focus right in life. Our theme is entitled, Putting Life into Focus. I hope that you'll stay tuned today as we discuss that topic. I, I'm Billy Lambert and I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. And I want to welcome you today, especially if this is your first time to view the telecast or to listen to the telecast. We want to thank you for watching. And we want to offer a free Bible correspondence course at this time. And I want to emphasize that it is free. I remember a number of years ago, uh, we had people at the telephones. As a matter of fact, one of them was my wife. And she answered the, the call and the woman said, I'd like to get the free Bible course. She said, wait a minute, let me go get my my credit card and my wife said why do you need your credit card she said to pay for the course she said there is no charge there is no charge I am I emphasize that it's free and that you might know more about the course how you can receive it let's pause for just a moment to help you in your study of the Bible we want to send you this Bible correspondence course this course is non-denominational it's based on the Bible it's conducted by mail and it's free to receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'd like to read now from Psalms chapter 90 and the first two passages. Lord, that's been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, wherever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. You know, sometimes it's a good thing just to stop what we're doing, to think about what we are doing, and get focused. I, I have to do that sometimes in my office. And I'll begin to look for some book on my bookshelves. And as I'm searching for that book, I come across another book. 
and, and I pull it down and then I, I forget about the book that I've been looking for and I have to stop and refocus about what I'm really doing. Uh, that may sound rather frivolous to you, but that's really what we have to do with our lives, people. That there comes a time that you've got to stop and think about where you're going, what you're doing. And what's really of value in your life. What's really important in your life. And there are some principles that are found in the 90th Psalm. I believe that will help us to get life into focus. It will help us to focus on the important things of life. Sometimes we get sidetracked on, on things we enjoy, things that are good in and of themselves, and sometimes we get sidetracked on things that are not good. But I believe this psalm will help you to get focused on the right things. First thing I want us to notice is that that will help us to get focused in life is to realize that God is that God is real and that God is eternal. There are tr two truths that are found in the first two verses that I just read. There is a God and that God is from everlasting to everlasting, from infinity to infinity. There's no beginning of God. There's no end of God. God is everlasting. God, how long is everlasting? How long is infinity to infinity? If you were to get in a spaceship and travel for a million years at the speed of light, you'd never find the end of our universe. Or all of the galaxies and universes beyond ours. But you'll never find the end of eternity. Some have said eternity is like a ring. It has, it has no beginning. It has no end. You might as well try to find the cradle and the tomb of God as to find the beginning and the end of eternity. It is said of God in Isaiah chapter 57 and verse 15, that he inhabits eternity. God is eternal. God is the uncaused cause. He is the beginning of all things. And that God who is eternal is our refuge. Notice he says he's been our dwelling place in, in all generations. He's our place to hide. He's our place to dwell. He's our place to live. God is eternal. And Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 27. He makes reference to the fact that we can lean on those everlasting arms of God. That's a pretty comforting thought, isn't it? 
You can lean on God. You can lean on this everlasting God. You can lean on the everlasting arms of God when your world falls apart. I'm speaking to someone right now whose world has fallen apart. You, 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 you can lean on the arms of God when the, when the sky seems to turn dark above us. When, when our hearts are bowed down in sorrow. We can lean on the arms of God when we might be stricken down with an illness. We can lean on the arms of God, this everlasting God, when our dreams have been shattered. Oh, how we need to refocus our lives on God today. If you've been leaving God out of your life, may I appeal to you with all the love I have in my heart for you and all the love of, that God has for you to refocus your life today. You may be living the single life. And sometimes that life is a very lonely life. So sometimes that life leaves something to be desired. Or maybe you're some executive that, that seems to be at the very top of the ladder. And you're successful. But deep down in your heart, you know there's something missing. And there's a place in your heart that no one can take but God. You need God in that empty space. And I appeal to you to refocus. God is eternal. Now look in verse 8. And this helps us to refocus our lives to realize that time is insignificant with God. Listen to him. He says, For a thousand years in thy sight are but as yesteryear, and it is past, and as a watch in the night. You see, a day with God is a thousand years, and a thousand years is just like one day, Second Peter 3 and verse 8. We calculate our lives in seconds and minutes in hours and days and weeks and months and years in centuries and millenniums. But God doesn't calculate time like that. Uh, God is li living in eternity where there is no time and it is insignificant with God. And realizing that ought to help us to focus on God. That time is insignificant with Him. But then another thing that will help us to refocus is to realize that we are transparent before God. Now look in verse 8. Now set our iniquities before the our secret sins in the light of thy countenance even those things that we think that no one knows God knows you see our lives are transparent before him one of the things that I don't like about 
applying is that transparency. Well, I don't mean buying a ticket. I, I don't mean checking my luggage. I, I don't mean about boarding the plane. I don't mean about sitting in the plane. I mean going, I, I mean going through the checkpoint. Because you see, every time I go through the checkpoint where they scan your body, they tell me to go sit some, down somewhere. And the reason is, I've had surgery on my neck. There's metal in my neck. I've had an artificial hip in my left side. I have artificial knees. And every time I have to explain that. And sometimes they're very kind. And sometimes they're not. But I go in and I have to put my arms up and they'll say, be still. And then that's when they tell me to go sit down. You see, that makes you transparent before the TSA. But more importantly than that, we're transparent before God. The other day I had to go see my doctor, my, the surgeon that operated on me several months ago. And before I went, I had to go have an x-ray made. So I asked the radiologist, could I see the x-ray? And she showed it to me. And she said, now there is your artificial hip, and there is your other hip, and there's a lot of arthritis in that hip. Transparency indeed. But more importantly, we're on God's x-ray. And God, there isn't anything about us that God doesn't know. He knows our hearts. Acts 1.24 He knows our thoughts. Psalms 139 in verse 1 He knows our words. He knows our whereabouts. You know there's a device or an app that parents can put on their telephones and they put it on the telephones of their children I think it's called 360 or something like that. I, I don't have it on my telephone, but I know some who do. And using that app, they can tell where their children are. They can tell how fast they're going in the automobile. That's, that's knowing about your whereabouts. Well, God knows our whereabouts. God knows our strengths. God knows our weaknesses. There isn't anything about us that God doesn't know. As a matter of fact, God knew us before we were born. Look in the 139th Psalm and some interesting passages here. Verse 13, for example. Thou hast possessed my reins, that is, my inward parts. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. You see, God even knew you when you were in your mother's womb. And then he says, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and that my soul knoweth right well. All of us can say that we've been fearfully and wonderfully made. And then verse 15 says, My my substance, that is my frame, 
was not hid from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which are in continuance, were, and which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet there was none of them. Someone says, what do all those verses mean? Those verses simply mean that when you were in your mother's womb, and when you were being formed in your mother's womb, and when you were just an embryo, God saw that embryo and He saw that as it began to develop, as it began to develop hands and fingers and, and toes. There isn't anything about us that God hasn't always known. There's nothing He doesn't know about us. You say, well, but, but, but I hope He knows right now that, I, that I've got a lot of needs. I've got... That I that I've got I've got so many problems I don't know what to do. God knows about those. And have you prayed about those problems? You see, one of the things that we do, because God knows that we go to God for help when we are in need. The Bible says, "Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving let your requests be made known unto." God, the God who knows all about us. So God, there isn't anything about us that, that God doesn't know. And that helps us to put, knowing that I'm transparent before God, really helps me to focus more on God, don't you think? Does it help you to know that God is eternal, that God sees time as insignificant, and third, that we are transparent before this God. Now the fourth thing that helps us to focus in life is to understand that life is brief. Notice verses 9 and 10. For all our days are passed away in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are three score years and ten and if by reason of strength they be fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. You see, life is pretty brief, isn't it? We're promised 70 years in that passage. Well, at my age, I'm on overtime right now. I'm past that mark by, by, by several years. But we're promised that. We're promised that. And, and living a long life doesn't mean that you have lived a good life. Methuselah lived to be 969 years. But, but that's just about all I know about him. Do you know any more about him than that? Now, I know something about his relatives and his ancestors and the like. But that's, that's his claim to fame, that he lived 969 years. Well, we need to make life count, the time count that we have because of the shortness of our life. Our life, is, James says in James 4, is just like a vapor that appears for just a, a little time and then it, then it vanishes away. And before we realize it, 
the curtain is going to be pulled on our lives. And we're going, we're going to be in eternity where God is. 1 Samuel 20 and 3 says there's just a step between me and death. And death is certain. It is appointed unto a man once to die and then comes the judgment. The old must die. And I realize that I'm closer to that point in my life than I've ever been. And, but then the young may die. The young may die at a very early age. And it is so sad that many young people are being killed in some of our great cities today. Shot down in the streets. Shot and passed by, shot by people just passing by and shooting the guns. It's sad. Our children are so important to us. We, we need to take time with our children today. Spend time. Because before we realize it, life is going to be gone. And we, we have some people that I have known that are no longer here. I don't, have the, I don't have enough time to tell you all of the people that I know. Friends of mine that have died. People that I went to high school with, went to, to college with. They have died. People in churches where I preach, they have died. And one day, just as surely as you are living now, you're going to die because time passes and we die. We're born, we live, we die. It's just that simple. But then we learn one other thing that will help us put life in focus and, and that is found in verse number 12. So teach us. This is something we have to be taught, people. We have to be taught this. Teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. We need to use our time wisely. Ephesians 5 and verse 16 says that we ought to, to, to redeem the time because the days are evil. That means to buy up the opportunity because time is fleeting. Use your time. Every husband that's watching this telecast right now Every husband that's under the sound of my voice needs to be redeemed the time and be as good a husband as you can be. You know why? Because one day you won't have that wife. You may die first or she may die first. Every wife needs to redeem the time and be the best wife that she can be. Every father needs to be the best father he can be. Paul said in Ephesians 6, Fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Every child needs to be the best child that you can be. I want to urge the young people who may be watching this telecast now. You may be sitting there watching it with your parents. And I want to urge you to give your life to Christ 
at an early age. Solomon said, Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. Let remember God while you're young. But we need to make our time count. And we need to do things that will help others and help ourselves along life's way. Make it count. How do you spend your time? Use your time and make it count. You say, what do you mean by that? Use it wisely. Don't waste time in things that do not matter. Do not waste your time in things that are of no redemptive value. Do not waste your time in things that would not help you to be a strong spiritual person. Spend, in, spend your time in things that will make you strong as a child of God. Redeem the time. You know, we need to put our heart and soul into life. Heart and soul into living our lives. And we do that by getting focused. Focused. You know, when you study the Bible, you read about people that had to do that. They had to refocus their lives. <laughs> and, the, and the one, the one I'm thinking about now is a man by the name of Saul of Tarsus who had been persecuting Christians. But then in Acts chapter 9, he met the Lord on the Damascus Highway and you talk about a man who did a turnaround. You talk about a man who had to refocus. It was Saul of Tarsus. And he asked, Who art thou, Lord? He said, I'm Jesus of Nazareth, whom thou persecutest. He said, Lord, what do you want me to do? He said, Well, go into the city to be told you what to do. He went into the city, and Ananias the preacher preached Christ to him. And, and he was told, Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord, Acts 22, verse 16. He had to refocus his life. I'd urge you to do the same. I, I want to thank you for watching, getting to know your Bible today. And, and right now, I want to give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you do not know where the church is located, if you'll get in touch with us by calling or emailing, we'll give you the address of the Church of Christ that's nearest to you. Also right now, pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. You say, why are you doing that? So that you'll get to know your Bible. We want you to know your Bible. We all need to know our Bible. And so we want you to call for this Bible Correspondence Course. And you don't have to call and get it. You can take it online, and you can do that as well. Whether you do that or not, we want you to have it. I, I want to thank you again for watching today. And may I want to thank you for watching until we meet again. May the Lord bless you, and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, 
or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.